Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good, good people, sorry, sorry we're slightly late, um, all, my, all my fault as usual, but as usual, on a Wednesday, I'm joined by Colin and Brian, lads, how are you today? Can I complain? You can't good. complain mate, it's, uh, we're already on the, the road down to the weekend now, that's, that's everything that's good about a Wednesday, including yeah. us obviously. Uh, I know it's good, eh? It's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Set Celtic free. Um, it's the first time all three years I've been together since the Aberdeen game. So we'll have a wee look back over that before we get before we get to the strap line today about Kyogo, Jot, and Abada having the potential to become an iconic Celtic trio. <coughs> um, the Aberdeen game. 
a lot of people say is that I'm going to come to Brian first. A lot of people say is that Ange Postecoglou showed a bit of pragmatism by selecting beat on and the way that we played. Do you fully are you fully on board with that with that perception, Brian? No, hundred percent. To be honest, I just just because he's sort of beat on was playing the role that McGregor had been playing. McGregor was pushed up the role. Project was playing, so I don't think there was a huge difference to how we set up, particularly it's still a 4-3-3, still a, a sort of high press. Um, I think it worked better because you had the, the front three off, Kyle, uh, Kyogo, Shaw and Abada, and Beaton did provide a bit more steel in the field, um, something that maybe we've no had. And, and I did like the dynamic with him sitting, uh, Kalmak is the box-to-box, and Turnbull and sitting in the number 10 role. I thought it gave him a bit more freedom to stay almost behind Kyogo. But I don't think Ange, this idea that because we played a last minute winner, Ange suddenly decided to ditch the, the format and become very pragmatic all of a sudden. I, I, I don't see that. I didn't see it with the type of play. Um, you know, I, I, I think maybe he got a bit more direct as the game went on and he made a couple of tactical subs, but there's been a lot made of, of some of the things Ange said. Like, people, I think people reacted badly when he after the European game when he said that he wouldn't change his approach. But he shouldn't be changing his approach. You know, approach is, is the way he wants the teams to play football. That doesn't mean he can't change his tactics or how he, he, he gets to that point. But his approach to how he said it should be and how he's going to train the players and stuff, that's that's his strength, right? So I, I think people are reading a bit too much of that. There's a lot of reaction of, oh, that's really naive or that's really stubborn. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's shown that he can make tweaks throughout games to sort of try different things, but his overall philosophy in football um, is going to remain the same, and, and, and so should. Colin, what, what do you think of that? I, I, I tend to agree with Brian there that there's been a lot made about Postacoglu's style, whereas when you look back to what he actually says, he says he's going to have a certain approach, but that approach is not really set in stone. And I think we've actually seen it during games where he has ch- changed. You've seen Joe Hart knocking the ball longer. You've seen you've seen him bringing on other strikers and going longer. You've seen uh, beat on coming in. Yes, we still want a high-press attack in football, but I, I don't see a guy who's afraid to play the game out. For example against Aberdeen on Sunday, we actually game-managed that. As soon as we went 2-1 two, two, one, two, one up, we killed, we killed that game completely, which was another which was another slight that was being thrown at Postacoglu that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't do that. No, but when you look at it, when you look at the team that started that game, that is his style of football. That is the way he wanted to play. I think for the first time this season, though, he's managed to get that midfield to the style that he wants to, to play it in. It's not just three guys lining alongside each other. You've got a six, an eight, and a ten. And for the most part of this season, we've had to play two tens in the, the eight and ten role. And neither of them had the legs to kind of get up and down the park. So by putting in someone like Nir Beaton, who is is not anybody's number one choice to play in that defensive midfield role, but he's shown that he can do the job now and again in there. Ideally, you're looking for someone like James McCarthy when he gets up to speed to be that number six. Then you get McGregor, who has got the legs and could run about for 120 minutes, never mind 90, going between the box to box, building the play and linking the midfield and the forward line. 
and then you've got the number ten who at the weekend was Turnbull. I think it was it was better when Rogic came on, um, because he was able to hold the ball up more. But having those two options for Postecoglou is a great um, a great kind of problem to have to be perfectly honest I think when you look at it and the, the guys were looking at the uh, where do we need to strengthen in January for me it's got to be uh, in the midfield as well I think you need another box to box midfielder and another sitting midfielder because we, we've kind of burned Callum McGregor into the ground with the amount of games that we play him in and when he's missing then there's a huge gap in that midfield which we, we can't seem to replace so he's not really changed his philosophy as such. I just don't think he's had the players to play the style of football that he wants to play. We saw a, a glimpse of what we can do away to Aberdeen, and for a while it was, the, or for a while in that game, it was the first that we really seen it start to click. The first sort of 35, 40 minutes we played really well. Then they got the goal and players started to tire. But when you look at it, that last twenty minutes we had Aberdeen on the back foot. We were trying to split them open and we were struggling. That's when we, we had the opportunity to look to the bench and there was guys like Tom Rogic there who can come on and change a game. It was the first time, as we said, there was options on the bench that someone could do that. And that one pass opens it up, Montgomery puts it across and Jota puts it in. That's the kind of style of football that Postacoglu has been promising he'll play at Celtic. And we've seen glimpses of it, but it's just a, this lack of squad, I think, that's stopping us from getting from where we want to be right now. The, the lack of squad has been proven since basically the last international break, and it's always good going into this one to get a bit of a breather and we can have a bit of a, a look to see where we are. I'm going to bring up Ryan Kelly here to answer the, the headline for the bill and not as iconic as the three of you guys. Thank you, thank you very much, Ryan. Um, the tenors in the post. Um, <laughs> Brian, I think Colin makes a great point there about uh, Tom Rogic. He's had a horror show, apart from Betis away in this period of games. He redeemed himself with his cameo role on, on Saturday at Pataudry, didn't he? I think so. And I think we spoke about it before. I think that he's suited to that. I think he's, he's, he's better coming off the bench at times because when you're relying on him, before he play 90 minutes alongside Thumble, you, you see the effect that has. And, you know, neither disrespect to the big fella, but he can play two or three games a week. He just doesn't have it in him. But what he does have is something totally different from anyone else in the team. So coming off and changing that dimension during the game is really important. And I know a lot of people say that maybe Thumble should have been dropped in favour of Rogic, but I think overall Thumble gives you more than Rogic, although they're different. So I would probably still start with Thumble and bring Rodrigo on I think that's a better impact and the other way around I don't know if Turnbull coming off the bench would make a huge dent mm-hmm. um, the only thing with Turnbull is I, I think, think you can tell quite I think you can tell reasonably quickly if he's going to have a good game or no yeah I oh. think just to add to that Brian I think the reason that Turnbull starts is because he's your set piece taker as well mm-hmm. you're not going to really put Turnbull you're not going to really put Rogic on the corners or free kicks and stuff like that and you saw I mean the, the chance that came across beat on headed wide then obviously you've got the first goal where he's out in that position putting a good cross in I don't think his, his set pieces have been anywhere near as good as what they were last season but he is the kind of person that we go to now and I think that's the reason why you see him start over Tom Rogic 
Patrick Dolan brings up a great point here that I want I want to discuss. Uh, it was McGregor that started taking a change in the last 20 minutes at Pataudry, e.g. attempting to thread through balls through for Kyogo to run, run, run through on. So this was obviously the change. We bring on Rogic. McGregor moved back to the position that he's been playing the majority of this season and the defensive screen, i.e. beat on, was, was taken off. I think, again, that last 20 minutes showed a lot of character in the side and it's a mentality that hasn't been there that we've questioned very, very openly on this podcast. Well, what do you think? Of, what do you think of that, Colin? I mean, I kind of agree with that. I think, but I also, I also, it was the fact that we went on the front foot caught Aberdeen by surprise. Because let's be, let's be brutally honest about it. They were dominating up until that point. Yeah, from the minute they scored, um, they were on the front foot. And to be fair to Celtic, it's actually impressive that they, they managed to keep them out. Sometimes when you're watching Celtic this season, they've got the sort of um, collapsing mentality, especially away from home in Europe, where we concede maybe two goals in the space of five minutes. We, we managed to actually stable the ship. And as you said, that last 20 minutes, we actually were the ones that were on the front foot. And this is the mm-hmm. never stop mentality that Postacoglu went on about um, with the whole we play for 90 minutes, we, we do only stop at half-time, we stop at full-time. You, you actually saw a bit of that on um, Sunday up at Pataudry. And as you said, McGregor was the one that was trying to play the balls through and it wasn't working for him. So what did we do? We switched it up and Rogic was the one that started playing the balls through. And just that different approach to it sometimes is what, what makes the difference. It's not to say that what you were doing with McGregor was wrong, it's just that someone else taking a different look at it is able to play a different pass, and that's what worked. I think Brown and sorry, I think Scott Brown going off for Aberdeen was a big telling point for them as well. I think in the sort of 15 20 minutes of the second half that he was on the park between him and Ferguson, they were showing a bit more of what they could do, although for me they were non existent in that first half. So when they came off and McLennan came on for Brown, they just lost that bit of guile in there and it meant that they just dropped deeper and deeper and deeper and it played into Celtic's hands and that's exactly how they got the second goal. It was interesting you say that, Colin, but Brian, I would maybe counter that by actually saying we were more mobile in the last 20 minutes and maybe Scott Brown in the last 20 minutes of that game wouldn't have been able to handle the fact that we were more mobile than what we had been previously. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a good sign. We've started to, you know, from the start of the season to now, we have gradually got fitter. You know, we, at the start of the season, we'll get to 60 minutes and the, the whole team's looking tired. I think still towards the end of the games, we are still huffing and puffing a bit, but it, it, you can see it's getting there. And I think we, when we needed to, we really still ramped it up. I mean, Jota was run, he could have run for days with all sorts of things. Uh, same with Calmack. So I think we, I think it's testament to how we played and the way we managed things that 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 we we done that and then credit to post the cobbler because you know I've seen him being criticised for the subs he made even though the subs he made essentially won him the game um, and I think they, he made the right subs at the right time and there has been questions of has he been making the subs properly before but the counter to that is who's on the bench and as Colin alluded to we had a decent bench this weekend. And it's only going to get stronger now if players come back. So I think that the, the fitness is getting a bit better. The the, the confidence we're going to make a bit better. And I think it was a huge turning point because I think Kev, you and I have ranted about mentality for a while. And I think that Colm's right as well. We do have a tendency, especially in Europe, when we concede, we sort of flat for the first few minutes after it. And usually we concede again. Whereas against Aberdeen, we really steadied the ship and we saw that out. 
and you saw the reaction for the players um, against Dundee United when we drew a game I thought we should have won the, the, the players some of them were devastated because they knew you know the reaction they were going to get and it seemed like they were determined not to have that again and I thought that was great I thought Costa Gordon's reaction at the end was telling I thought Jota's celebrations were telling uh, so I think the mentality is certainly improving as well Durban Clouche comes in Colin we, we have shown character in two big games this year in Holland and Aberdeen there is hope there under Lennon we would have folded the game, the game against AZ, obviously it was one of the highlights of Postacoglu's reign so far. Not that we lost the game, but the fact is we stood up in that last half hour and we virtually played the game out on the front foot. Mm-hmm. They had that they had that one chance in the last 20 minutes with the boy at the back post. They're at home in Europe. They're going to get chances. That is allowed. The, team's allowed to, the home team's allowed to get chances at home in Europe. Aberdeen again. Aberdeen was a <clears> massive... We needed a result. We needed that away monkey offer back. And I think that was shown by the, the reaction of the Celtics, the, the great Celtic travelling supporter was up there and the players at the final whistle, especially Callum McGregor. Yotta. McGregor was in front of the Celtic support going, come on, come on. We're, this, this is McGregor was shown like captain leadership. And do you think this could be a springboard? We've got to have, this has got to be a springboard for us, eh? You'd like to think so. I mean, it's not just the the fact that it's the first away win in the league. It's the first away win in the league in the best part of eight months now. And we, we saw the second half of the season last year. Yeah, OK, we just played it out to a kind of boring conclusion. This The start of this season, we've had we've probably had the, the toughest away games that we could face so far going to Tynecastle, going to Ibrooks, going to the Spaghetti Ad where we've not won since 2006 and then going away to Petodji where yes okay we've got a very good record but it's never as if we go up there and absolutely turn them over so um, it, it's been a very difficult approach and you'd like to think that the fact that you've played these kind of tough games away from home first means that you've got the, the opportunity to play them at home again twice uh, especially if they finish in the top six and that might come into it once you start getting the form together so if you are on this run of sort of 10 11 games with a win I mean that's we've not had that in a while but if you can get up to something like that then when you bring on an Aberdeen at Celtic Park where you take on a Hearts at Celtic Park you're hoping that you can keep that momentum going and then once you have to go, eventually go back there it's almost as if it's a totally different team from the one that lined up at the start of the season it's a, a massive rebuild job that Ange's doing at the minute and it's not just on the, the kind of style of football it's not just on the players and the turnover it's actually getting away from the way that we were last season and turning it into the way that he wants to be, there's a lot of mentality still sort of dragged on from last year. And I think that's the reason why we've not been firing in all cylinders in these away games. At Celtic Park, as you say, we've been a totally different animal. And fair play to the, the Celtic fans that were at Pataudry on Sunday. I don't think they stopped for 90 minutes. Um, and you know how much that meant to them getting the three points because we even wheeled out the old this is the day uh, one that's usually reserved for the, the victories away from home in Europe last heard in Lazio um, when we, we won over there in Rome but no, they, they deserved it and I think it, it can be the callus for a turning point my only problem is that we're not playing this week 
I would have loved us to have someone at Celtic Park on Wednesday night, stick another couple past them and then keep this momentum going. My, my, I mean, I, I've got everything crossed. I'm on my knees praying that we do not come back with any injuries from this international break because it could just mean that uh, it stunts our, our growth again and we're just back to square one. Well, I'm going to say about the race support, when they started singing This Is The Day, after the about 84th minute kept it gone, I think your team got heart from that because they were saying, the Celtic support were actually telling them, we're winning this today, you are going to hang on and you are going to win it. While the 1,700 Celtic fans had firmly their tongues in their cheek actually singing the song in the first place in a domestic game, eh, I, I thought that's... I thought that was so. I thought that was like quite a bit of sense of humour there, Brian. What, what, what's your what was your thoughts about? Is this going to be a springboard for the rest of the season? Do we need to use it as a springboard? And I'll, I'll let you come in, but I'm going to disappear because my feed's seemingly dropping off, and I'll come back in. So, Brian, do, do you think this is going to be a springboard for the for the rest of the season? Yes and no. I think what it does is it, it gives a bit more confidence and it gets that duck off the back of we've nowhere away domestically yet. But what's, what's important to remember is we're going to take another couple of black eyes at some point yeah. because this, this, this doesn't fix everything. The, the issues that Celtic are facing and have faced since the start of the season, it's not really about Postacoglu. I know some will have you believe that you know he's not the man for the job, but the reality is it's a lot of the problems haven't been his and the problems that haven't been his are still there. So, you know, the lack of structure we keep talking about, that's still there, that's not going to change. You know, players... There's going to be injuries again at some point. We're going to have to adapt to that. So there will be times where we get black eyes. So I loved the result against Aberdeen. I did think it represented a mentality change. But in terms of a springboard, I, I still think we're going to have up and downs towards January. I don't think we're going to get to January undefeated between now and then. We're, we're going to drop points again. It's, it's kind of inevitable because as well as the, the players he's, he's brung in, He's also getting to know the players that are there. I saw some people saying, "Oh, he's not the players to play that system." Well, maybe he's just finding that out. He's only he's been with these guys a few months. He's probably picking their confidence up as well for last season because, as well as the, the players that left Celtic last year, the players that are still there also failed spectacularly. It's not as if they were a, he was inheriting a, a a super confident you know title winning squad. There was a lot of problems in the players that were still there. Plus, he's get get the new players in. And I know they say 12, but you're probably talking 8 or 9, you know, because a couple of my squad players that have been featured and probably he never signed anyway. So there's a lot a lot of problems still need fixed. It's going to take, you know, a long time. I think January's going to be more telling. I think that's where you see you can really lay a turning point. If he gets, in the first week of January, three players in, you know, for, for whatever league of players that he has mentioned that he scouted and fit straight into the system, then I think that's when we can discuss turning points in the season. Because we can say, all right, maybe for the first time this year, he's got an actual squad to work with, and a lot of those players are his own players. Then we can see how he does. But between now and then, I think we're going to have to accept there's going to be up and downs. And I think it's important that as much as it can be frustrating when we, we, we drop points, we have to stop getting the knife suit. We have to sort of back him and accept and not look for things to criticise. You know, he's... I, I feel there's, there's, a, there's a quarter of the support and I think they're, they're desperate to criticise him at any opportunity. Even if he does something well, he gets criticised. We should have done this instead or he should be doing this and any word is analysed when he said he wouldn't change his approach. That meant in certain quarters that he was never going to change his tactics and he was going to continue to be naive and 
And I don't think that's the case. I think it's easy to look for things to blame. The game against Bayern Leverkusen, yeah, it was a 4-0 defeat at home, but that was never a 4-0 game. If you actually look at that game in the cold later day, that was never a 4-0 defeat. Really, we had a lot of chances. You know, I don't think the third goal was a penalty. Turnbull made a hideous mistake. 2-0 was probably more accurate. And where you don't want to be at home, by a leaving collision, you're not going to be lucky to get in against them. So, you can make as many excuses for Postacoglu and you can condemn them where you want. The answer's somewhere in the middle. And I think, long-winded answers, but I think that's the reasons why this isn't really a turning point because I think we're going to face another few slaps, unfortunately. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better, I think. There's always three versions of the truth, Brian. The rabbis, the priests and Bob Dylan's. Always believe <laughs> Ryan Kelly comes in. Uh, after checking out our October fixtures, fixtures fully, I reckon it will be 17 points, points out of 21 in all competitions. Draws at Hibs and Ferris Varosh. Now, this that moves, moves us on. You you moved us on as well there, Brian. Uh, post-international break fixtures. Our first one up is Motherwell away. Then we've got Ferris Varos at home, St Johnston at home, Hibs away, Livingston at home, Ferris Varos away, and Dundee away. What we're actually looking for there, I, I would be looking to drop no points whatsoever in the league, but I get where Ryan's coming from that we're going to be going to Easter Road, and that's a venue that we've struggled in over the even over the last four or five years. Somebody set up the Brendan Rogers claps on because I'm are going to mention them. Uh, Brendan Rodgers never won at Easter Road uh, as well. 22 so, minutes and 8 seconds. 22 22. minutes and 8 seconds. <laughs> never had, yeah, uh, had that on the Brendan Rodgers bringo <laughs> contact us and collect your prize. Um, the first one up is Motherwell away. Motherwell are above us in the league. Uh, they've started off in the season, Colin. But as our tagline actually says, with those front three after fit, touch wood, We've got a front three at troubled Leverkusen and will trouble everybody in the Scottish League. You'd like to think so, definitely. Um, I mean, Kyogo, I still don't think is fully back up to form yet. I still think he was probably 60, 70, maybe 80% fit to play in those two games. Um, and you sort of saw it. He was getting frustrated with himself because he wasn't getting himself into those positions that he's, he's normally in. But that first 10, 15 minutes against uh, Bayer Leverkusen, he, he drags the defender about stupid to get himself in one-on-one and I fully fit Kyogo would stick it in the back of the net. So if we can get his fitness back over these next couple of weeks, that'll be key. I think playing away at um, Fur Park, it's always been a place where it's either comfortable for us or Mother will give us a really hard game. Um, you look back to the, this period under the manager you just mentioned, I'll not give the second round of the bingo a, a chance. But I, I'm thinking of games like when we beat them 4-3 and Tom Rodgick scored that curler in the last couple of minutes. Um, there's, there's always been goals in these games. So Motherwell have started the season really well. They've got Tony Watt, who seems to have finally found a home in football, um, and big Kevin Van Veen up front. They've brought in a, a big pole, a big Finnish defender, and up until the last couple of weeks, they hadn't really been conceding a lot of goals. The thing is, though, they're likely going to sit in and tell Celtic to break them down because they'll see it as their best chance to try and get points. If they come out and have a go at us, then you'll see the best out of Kyogo, Jota and Abada because they'll run at that back four. But 
if they sit in, it's going to be another frustrating 90 minutes and the, the best chance we've got is if we can split them open. I still think that we should be able to get the three points at Fur Park, but you just got to watch who plays this game. Guys like Rodic, who's going to be flying 12,000 miles over the next couple of weeks, he's probably somebody that's going to need to come off the bench. Can you get Juranovic back playing? Is he going to be fit in time? How many games is McGregor going to play for Scotland over this period? It's all about making sure that you've got the, the right balance of, of players and making sure that they're fit enough to go into this game because on that park down there, they're going to be rough and ready and it's going to be a, a very difficult 90 minutes for Celtic. You mentioned Motherwell will sit in there. Um, that's something, again, that's something that I don't think... Uh, their manager Alexander wants them to do. He wants them to play a, a kind of more expansive style. The expansive style will suit us when we go Easter Road, though, though Brian, because Jack Ross will not set that Hibs team up to sit in. No, I, I, to be fair, I think even you know, I, I think Dundee United had to go to us as well, and it, it, it's nice balance to have because. I mean, in theory, in any league game in Scotland, if Celtic are playing against them, most teams will sort of, will sort of tuck in and, and try and defend the space in their face with the, the pace and movement of the front three we spoke about. But you're right about Hibs. I think Hibs will, will have a go. And it, it's almost the fact, you know, there's, there's the narrative about how bad their defence is and we're defensively terrible and stuff like that. And I think that can play into our hands because if we encourage teams to attack us, we will pick them off. Um, you know, I think when the defence... I know we conceded for a set-piece against Aberdeen, but I think defensively we've been better at set-pieces. I think this season, we've, I don't think we've conceded that many. We've thought it's shambolic. And again, I think I don't think our defence necessarily has been the problem. I think it's been the midfield. So I think that teams will probably feel it's a good time to play because we're in flux, especially if we get injuries. But yeah, any pockets of space, we've got the turnover. The, the exciting thing about Celtic this season, um, especially when Kyogo's been fit, is... We always look so dangerous going forward. So any gaps we can always exploit, depending. And I think actually teams sitting in, you know, they'll eventually get broken down. I think we constantly bombard them, constantly bombard them, and, and pin them into the box. Eventually we'll get a shot. So I think either if we have a fully fit squad for all those games, I think we could win them all. I just don't know that I expect us to have a fully fit squad for every one of the games. I, I'm concerned about injuries. Um, yeah. So in theory, we should be able to beat them all uh, with, with the way we're playing in the squad we've got. But it will just depend a lot on injuries. I think that because we've not had a real set side for many games this season at all. Um, no. I think was was our team game the first Kyogo, Jota, and Abada played together. Uh, no, uh, Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Leverkusen would be the first time. So, um, so you know, I think. There's, there's two scenarios, right? We get the scenario where we keep this and we build confidence and we keep playing the same team and I think we should we should be quite fairly comfortable domestically. But uh, if we get injuries, that's when the problems start to arise and that's, that's my big concern, I think, not as much the, the, the players. I think as well you've got to add on to that is the fact that they're going to go back to be playing two games a week now mm-hmm. because you're going to be playing... I mean, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. We're playing Saturday, 3 o'clock and then we're playing Tuesday, half 3 um, which is just even more ridiculous every time you look at it. But then you're going Saturday, Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, things like that. So 
Um, although we've got a very small squad that we're using at the minute, it's all about keeping the sort of freshness in the legs. This is where you're hoping that guys like James Forrest can get back in, Juranovic can get back in. Who who knows where Chris Julian is? Hopefully we see him before the, the end of this sort of period of play because we've got another international break coming up soon. Even guys like Greg Taylor, if you can just get 30 minutes out of swapping players in and out, then it'll keep them that wee bit fresher and it'll kind of take away the risk of them getting injured as well. Paradise 63 brings up the point and it was something that was mentioned at the game on a Sunday. We've lost six out of seven goals from cross balls. Now, some of them have been from set plays, but an area where we are weak is the fullback areas now. And do you think if Postacoglu gets his first choice, fullbacks back? I think we've all loved Tony Ralston this season. Tony Ralston has proved that he's a leader, but we've got to we've got to assume that Juranovic has been signed as a first choice right back. Mm-hmm. And if Juranovic comes back after an international break fully fit, then he will be playing right back. Left back situation is still up there. I don't know what's happening with Greg Taylor, but then we've got Liam Scales, who. Poster Coglu has actually said it's just not up to speed yet. Brian, do you think get, actually getting two fullbacks who are better quality than the fullbacks that are playing there will stop these cross balls coming into the box? Yeah, but it's not just the fullbacks, especially if you're looking at the way Sonoy plays inverted fullback. And you know, I know we had the screenshot with the two fullbacks in the middle, which was an individual mistake, but usually one's stays wide, one cuts in. But the midfielders have to cover that as well. It's not just on the fullbacks to protect that position. Like, the midfielders need to chase back, the winners need to talk back, and that's been a big issue. So I don't necessarily think that it's always on the fullbacks. I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say, but I think defending that position isn't always the responsibility just of the fullback. I think there's other issues there. So I don't entirely blame you know, Ralston or Montgomery for the, the cross balls coming in because it's not all the time it's their job, the way their system's set up. But I do think having Janovic back will be a big help to the team in general. I think even in an attacking sense, I think he looks like a real quality player. And I think he gets around the game to really help the attack as well as the defence in general. But as I say, I think, I think the defence and the attack, are, the way post-Colby plays is that everyone defends, everyone attacks. You know, they defend from the front, you attack to the back. And I think, you know, it's, it's not just the centre-half that are leaking goals. It's because midfielders are in the covering or on the pressing well enough off the ball. The winners might be on the track back enough. So I don't think it's just the full-backs that are the issue. But I do think the team will move once Juranovic and, and Taylor come back in. Colin, I'm going to bring up Brown Warriors' point just now. <laughs> um, I'm not a lover of zone... Of, Zonal marking, I better get that right, because in fifty odd years of fifty odd years playing and watching football, I've never seen Space score a goal yet. On on Sunday and the majority of times this season, it's very noticeable that we go man for man. And mm-hmm. on Sunday, the, the couple of goals you had the Scott Brown header that uh, that Joe Hart saved, and the goal that we lost was just the Aberdeen player being more determined to get there than the man that's been marking him. Uh, so this zonal feature which was a feature of most Celtic managers in the last 10 years I, I would think has been ripped up but they're still losing goals from set plays 
Yeah, when you look at the the goal on Sunday, um, even the kind of lead up to it, you saw who was marking who in the box. You had Brown and Beaton were marking each other, and that got quite tasty at points. To the points where I think uh, was it Beaton get the foul up and was fouled up on the other end, and you could see the, who was matching up with who. Um, that that goal at the weekend, that's that is still a sore one for me. I, I really think that Joe Hart's got to command his goal line for that one. What I mean, away, 100%. exactly. I mean, it's good to see that we've actually learned from our mistakes and we're putting players on the post because that was kind of one of our big problems last season. But Montgomery's on the post; he's maybe about a yard off it when he jumps. It goes over him by that much, and it's it's heartbreaking for him to see. But that's where your goalkeeper still got to say. I'm going to go and win this. I'm sorry if I take you out, but my job as a goalkeeper is to stop the ball going into the back of the net. You're there as a backup. And he, Joe Hart could have done a lot more. He just kind of stood there and watched it. Um, and I'm sure if he, he gets the chance again, he'll not make that same mistake. So although we're conceding goals from kind of set pieces and, and corners, we, we do look as though we're, we're getting rid of the ball a lot better as well. Um, for all his faults... Starfelt is still the one who, when the ball comes across in the air, he's the one sticking his head on it and clearing it. He's not great with the ball at his feet, but you throw a, a 40 mile an hour cross or whatever it is, however quick it is the ball goes in, he's the one throwing his head at it no matter what. You kind of saw it against Leverkusen as well, the, the guys that were putting their bodies on the line. Now I've still not saw that back as to whether that was a penalty or not for the, the third goal. Uh, I've heard people saying different things, but the, the fact is we're actually showing commitment to stop it going in, whereas last season it was just far, far, far too easy. We're going to concede goals because of the way that we play football. But this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Technology allows drones to deliver pizza. Here's mine now. Approaching drop zone. But to deliver powerful insights that are on target, you need more than technology. You need CDW to help transform and manage your IT environment with a Dell technology solution that lets you slice your data any way you want to accelerate innovation. Delivering. Don't forget to tip. Dell Technologies makes data-driven insights possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash Dell Data Center. If you put that input into last year's team, how many more would we have conceded in the way that we're playing? That that's that's the kind of the way that you look at it. That's a good have point, we improved? Good... Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you go, that's a good point, Colin, when you actually put it that way. I saw one of the papers having a strange map where where Celtic have gave up chances, but then we've only We've only actually conceded, uh, is it six goals? I can't remember how many goals we've conceded domestically, but I wouldn't say the defence has been the problem. I think it's been more missing chances and possibly the shape in the, in the away games that's been the problem. When you look at the away games, we, we won on, on Saturday or Sunday, there'd be one goal, but we've only lost every other, other one by one goal as well. It's not as if we're getting a, 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 a gubbin away for him, Brian. 
No, and, and, and as I say, I, I, I was under the impression that there were about better set pieces this season, but maybe it's just maybe it's just the visual of the fact that man marking me look a bit aggressive, more aggressive. Maybe that's what, what fooled me into he, saying that. But I think you're right. I, 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 I can say for well, I don't think defence is a problem. I think it's the midfield turnover. You know, and going for attack to defence is a problem. I think, and as you say, I think that's been the issue. The defence has been a big concern for me. I think it's been the, you know, the, the way games we've lost. I mean, a Yeti, we can talk about a Yeti all day, but, you know, he takes on the chances you've been given. He puts a bit more effort in. It could have been a different game. And you're right, I think the, was it 2-1 we lost against Hearts, 1-0 against Rangers. Um, was it 2-1 against Livingston as well? Or was that 1-0? 1-0. 1-0. Right, so, so, so one goal in it. Um and again, with the amount of chances we've created in each of those games, if we've been putting half of them away, we're comfortable winners. So I think that's pretty spot on, Kev. I don't think defence is the issue. Um, but apologies for my, my crazy set piece remark. I don't know if that maybe just defence is more secure. I, I think, honestly, but when you look at it, we do look a bit more secure. I mean, last time, last season, you would give away a ball from a free kick and you're going, That's it, this is the goal, it's coming. Whereas this season, I think we're conceding a lot more fouls, which I don't understand how... I, I mean, people will say it comes down to the referee. I thought Madden was shocking at the weekend, to be perfectly honest. Um, 27 fouls against a team who had well over 60% possession. Um, and as I was saying to some of the Aberdeen boys, that boy Ramsey, who I actually think is a very, very good player, all it took was a strong gust of wind for him to fall over and he got a free kick at the weekend. Um, but it didn't look as though when the ball comes in there's that immediate panic but yet we have still conceded from it so I just think it's part of the style of football and it's if you're scoring maybe five or six goals which we've not got to that apart from those couple of home games yet you'll not really remember conceding that one down the other end No, no. I think for in the next run of games we need to get better in those moments like the defensive moments and more importantly for me is the attacking moments the amount of chances that we actually do miss and especially against Dundee United I mean the home games that we've actually got we've got domestically we've got St Johnson and Livingston who are both just going to come and sit in we know how they're going to play We've got we've got to take an early chance against them to open them up and to give us confidence to actually get into the game and actually maybe score a few goals. We need to be better in moments. And for me, the Ferris Varos stuff, this this is now a two-leg playoff who's finishing third in that group. I think it's quite clear that Leverkusen and Betis are going to they're going to fight for the top two spaces. And us and us and Ferris Varos are fighting for the the invitation to to the conference league. How, how, how do you see how do you see that going Colin against Friday? How, for me, I want four points. I think four yeah. points gets us in and gets us into the conference league. I, I feel as though we we, should, we are good enough and should be able to enough uh, should be able enough to get them four points and then you read the Axom chat and it's got big Kevin McCluskey who's based over there who keeps telling us that Friday's the best team in the group and to be honest they haven't actually kind of they've not started the group well but the games that they've been in have been very competitive so I think it's going to be a lot harder than maybe some Celtic fans think when uh, when they came over here the best thing that we can do is score early 
because if you score early, I don't know how big the crowd's going to be at half three on a Tuesday afternoon, but I'm, I'm hoping it'll still be quite sizable that you can get the fans on side and that they can drive the team forward. And if we create the chances that we created against um, Leverkusen, you'd like to think that we'd be able to take a couple of them and pick up the three points at home. It's going to be very difficult when we go away because we're always struggling away from home. That's just been a Celtic tradition. I mean, it goes back to maybe what as far back as like the late 80s, early 90s, where you could kind of feel confident about Celtic going away from home in Europe. Even on the Seville run, we didn't exactly have a great run when you went outside the UK. So it's always been a, a difficult thing for Celtic away from home in Europe. If you get the points over there, but that's six points in the bag and you'd like to think that third place would be secured from that point onward and you can actually go and enjoy the last two games. But I don't think they'll be the 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 kind of team that Celtic will just be able to go there and get the three points off of. It'll be a tough, tough 90 minutes, both home and away. Definitely. We're not underestimating Friday whatsoever when they put us out last season. We're a different sort of animal this season we're not 100% sure what type of animal we are yet that's that's still up for debate but there's one thing that we've got to get right Brian against Friday we must make the right midfield selection in both games to help out the defence and to make sure that our attacking players in Kyogo, Yota and Abada get the best service Absolutely. Um, I think that's going to be key. I say it's the point I made earlier. I think midfield's been the biggest concern this season for me. I, I don't think it's been defence or attack. It's interesting we talk about the first goal against um, Ferris Farosh and how we need to get that. But it's also important we don't concede. Because if we concede early, that, that could be a hard test. And that's more my worry than us scoring early. I think I think if you know at home we could go 30, 40 minutes without a goal and, and I'd still be confident we'd win. But if we if we concede in the first twenty minutes, first ten minutes of the game, home or away, I think that's where the, the mentality, the, the questions start to appear. And you know, one of the things that I think Postacol has been trying to foster and he keeps talking about is this belief. Belief in him, belief in the system, belief in the way he play, be brave. And I think the players, it's taken them a bit of time to buy into that. And we've seen that when they do concede the goal. It's a wee bit panic station. It's a wee bit, or we might, the criticism going to come. They can, they can almost, it's like, you know when you talk about players when they, they take a chance and they, say, they, say, they see the headlines, you know, so-and-so scores winner. It's almost like when we concede the goal, the players see the headlines of oh, under under pressure, so they have to crumble. And they turn into themselves a wee bit. So I think, I think actually... That's more important is that we don't concede early, um, as well as taking. Also, we need to take our chances anyway. That goes without saying. And I think in terms of the, the European game so far, we're not going to get judged, or we shouldn't be getting judged on our performances against um, Real Betis or, or Bayer Leverkusen, because that's not where we're at. But we're, we're not there to compete with them at this stage. We will hopefully in the future, but at the moment we're not. The Fenos Farish games are the ones we're going to get judged on. And um, I say, I think if we can keep it tight and, and score first, I think I think we should be fairly comfortable. I think you know going away, if we get a good victory against them at home, I think going away should be going same rules apply. Keep it tight, and then we're always capable of, of scoring. So, as you just make sure that, as you say, Kev, the midfield's nice and secure, and we're, we're playing the right passes. It's up to Kyogo and, and Jota as well. Jota still sitting the bar. That'll be great. <laughs> you know, gets up to fitness and, and starts taking chances he creates. I think we'll be pretty safe. 
Definitely. What Brian mentioned there, um, he mentioned that the Ferris Varos games are the ones where Ange will probably get more harshly judged, Colin. Um, when you're talking about the away game, the only away game we've played, we've only played two games in the group, but the away game against Betis gives me confidence of playing Friday at both at home and away. And also the first 20 minutes against Leverkusen gives me confidence of taking on Friday. We have got that ability, but as you say, we have we have got to be wary. Eh? Yeah, definitely. You saw what we can do when we're on the front foot uh, because that's when we're at our best. Now, interesting we mentioned Betis away because this is a point I wanted to bring up. We changed slightly for Betis away and played Jota on the right-hand side and played Montgomery on the left. And I still, to this day, say that that was Jota's best performance in a Celtic jersey, was away, and he was on the right-hand side against Betis. I think he's been doing okay on the left-hand side. I still think he's kind of obvious to defenders that he has to sort of cut in, and you saw it, he's kind of hitting the bar with a couple of shots. He does sort of take it down the left-hand side and get a couple of crosses, but his first instinct's to cut inside. Now, would you guys be against putting Jota on the right-hand side to rest a batter and putting someone like Montgomery on the left if you get skills at left-back. Because I think one of the big problems we've had, um, and you've mentioned it already, Kev, is when you've got the fullbacks that are sort of exposed, you don't really see Jota or Abada as the ones to come back to help out in that position. Whereas Montgomery, having sort of been trained to be this left-back and having skills there, I just think it offers a wee bit more cover in that position. I've I've got no um, I like I agree with you. I thought you ought to look better on the right hand side against Betis away than what he has done on the left. But then I do understand what he brings to the team playing on the left. He's got an incredible like trick to mm-hmm. there's a high ball and he'll let the ball bounce and he'll cut back. He'll actually do a back heel and like when the ball's dropping and, and so he can actually cut inside the player. Eh? It's a fantastic bit of skill. But as you say, sometimes it can be a bit predictable that he's going to go. That's the way that he's going to go. But that's the way, if you've got the un- underlying lapping fullbacks, is that what it's called? Inverted fullbacks going in there. Mm-hmm. Then it's to make, it's, it's, I don't think he's had that option. Can he play on the right? Yes. The, that, that's, my, that's my simple answer. He can play on the right. Would I like to see Montgomery on the left? Yes. I mean, I, I want to see Greg Taylor back. I'm, I love Greg Taylor. I want to see him back in the team. I think we've actually missed Greg Taylor. Uh, and this at me all he's want. I'm not going to change my opinion on that. Uh, and I'd like to see Montgomery moving up because for me, Montgomery's been the breakout player of the age of Ange Postacoglu so far. Montgomery's been really, really successful anywhere up that left-hand side. I mean, I've also had a wee look. Could Montgomery also play in the left-hand side of that midfield as well to add in that bit or give the bit of legs in there? But I'm fully for that, Colin. Aye, that's his natural position, isn't it? His natural Aye. position is playing that left-hand side of a, a, a midfield. So mm-hmm. I understand that. I think we, we, we the Jota question, I actually like him on left, but... It's, it really depends on who's who the fullback is. So if it's Montgomery that's playing, I, th- I feel like Montgomery will cut inside and take a defender with him, and that allows Jota to uh, turn in and shoot. So it's good for him. If he's got Ralston behind him, I think putting Jota in the right, 
I'm not, I think Ralston may be better coming out and crossing. So you may have two players doing the same job there. What I would say though is, I would definitely, as soon as Hames is up to fitness, give him a shot because what we lack, and it goes back to the set piece point earlier actually I was thinking about, we lack so much physicality and height in that team. You know, and, and if Beaton starts in midfield, he's a big presence. If you can get skills in there as well at left back, that just gives you an extra bit of physicality team that we lack. And plus, both of them could drop in to protect the back two if the full backs are going forward. So, uh, uh, sorry, if the if, if skills slots in a bit or Beaton drops back, it just may give a bit more security. So, I think I would probably go with Jota on the right and Montgomery on the left. Not because I think he's necessarily better there, but because I think Abad has a better option maybe coming off the bench with a bit of rest. Because if, if Jota's been running that your game and then he switches and Abad comes on with fresh legs, it's something different to think about. So just tactically, it may be better to give um, Abad a rest and play Jota and uh, Monty. But I would probably still prefer him on the right if everyone, uh, on the left if everyone was fit. Definitely, I mean, Yota, I mean, he's playing well. He seems to have adapted to Scottish football. He speaks very well as well, as if I think the support on Sunday surprised them completely, coming from mm-hmm. Portugal. They don't have very large travelling supports. They see a support as, as vociferous as the Celtic away support was at Pataudru, is probably a surprise to him. I hope his parents and his girlfriend were fine <laughs> in amongst in, in that utter madness that they would have experienced. Um, but I think he's actually shown that he can do a job on both the left and the right. And he's also great for a wham pun, a George Michael pun. We've got to have faith in him. There we go. I'll, I'll need to get that one in. Uh, we've got to have faith in the manager and the faith in Yotta, wherever. Uh, they say wherever he plays now we're now well into it's an international break I says it's time to have a wee look back we've looked forward so we may as well look back now and I'll start with Brian on this what's been your positive under the age of Postacoglu at the moment I think the my, my big positive is that he's actually got a vision and a philosophy and he's willing to stick by it I like the fact that well there feels like there's a plan or at least if he's fully back there'll be a plan he's got a manager who says this is what I want for the club it might take time but this is the level I want it to be at he spoke wonderfully on various things I think the way he handled the Kyogo situation when he was abused um, I thought he was excellent I thought he spoke really eloquently about Celtic about you know his as the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sort of personality and talking about his dad and talking about how much he appreciates the working class aspect of things, talking about Glasgow being a, a multicultural city and how he's an immigrant, he really he values that. I think the way he wants us to play is very much in line with the, the sort of Celtic way of, of, of playing and the sort of romanticism surrounded traditionally by how we want Celtic to play. So I think him and, and his vision for the club has been a, a huge positive. Um, I think the, the, the problem is he's, he's, he's doing it with one hand behind his back, as we spoke about. So that's a, that's a negative. And, and listen, just because I defend him and because I, I like his philosophy, I, I can see there's, there's criticisms to be aimed at him. I think sometimes you could be given 
guys like Ian Henderson, Liam Shaw, maybe more of a chance. So he's not infallible, but as a whole, I'm really, I think he's a really good figurehead for the club. I think he's he's a man of real class. And I like the way he talks about the type of players he wants in and the culture he wants to foster. And these are things that as a fan are, are really important to me in, in how the club's represented. So so him, his philosophy and, and the type of person he wants to bring in the club, I think they're huge positives so far. I'm going to bring in Jim Han- Hannaway uh, here, Brian. This is what you were actually talking about, Poster Coglu. And he says, most of our underperformers need time. Not up to it, question mark. Best days behind us for a while, I fear. You're quite clear this is a long-term project and what Jim's actually saying is right, that there is guys that are currently doing a job for us, whether they're doing it well or badly, but won't be doing a job for us if Poster Coglu gets the time that we need it. Yeah, spot on, I think. Yeah, that much has been clear. Uh, I can allude to it at the start. The squad he inherited was was wafer thin and it was a squad that were low in confidence and it failed spectacularly the last season. The guys he's brought in look, for the most part, as if they're going to be there kind of longer term. But yeah, the, the, the squad that faced Aberdeen, and I think in a year's time will be very different. I think there will be a lot of players that are playing there now that won't be there. And again, that's a, a result of getting through the players. Maybe he's now finding out some players are up to it that maybe started off really well. They don't have the engine, don't have the ability, don't have the, the quickness of thought he needs. So I, I think the commentator's absolutely spot on, I think. And I said it at the start when you asked about the turning point, I think we're still going to have a few dark days. This season, I think we, we need to persevere because I think if we do, we'll get awarded longer term, but it is a long... Listen, Postacoglu said it's a long-term fix. He said it's going to take at least two or three transfer windows, I think. Um, you know, even when, when Dom was there and he was putting out this sort of, this sort of PR spin, a lot of it was, uh, it's all about the future and long-term this, long-term that. Everything about the club, everything about Postacoglu is telling us it's going to take time. And I think we, as much as it's hard at times, we, we're going to have to take that on board and and, and stop looking for instant success because we, we're not going to get it, I don't think. I think we could win a cup maybe this year and, you know, we could be in Europe after Christmas and there'll be huge positives, but I, I think the competition's right, it will get worse. You know, there will be bad results to come. This isn't going to be an upward trajectory for now at the end of the season. It'll be up and down until it basically levels out and it starts to improve. Colin, before we come to your positive, I mean, we've had a massive turnover of players as well. Mm-hmm. And there was a start the other night there at the final whistle. There was only one player in that Celtic team played in the last game Jeremy Fringpong played for Celtic. And that was just over a year ago. And that was near beat on. That's, that's, a, an, that's a vast turnover of playing stuff that we've seen that we're maybe not taking into account. Uh, JJ Celtic says free windows needed. I'm not 100% sure that Poster Coglu will get three windows. That's one of my negatives. I don't think some of the Celtic support have got the stomach for, as Brian talks about, some of the dark days that we might see going forward. What's your thoughts? Is it a long-term approach and what's your positive of the the age of Ange so far? I I mean, my positive that I've got to take straight off uh, off the bat sorry, is the fact that we are back at the games. Because that was a tough eighteen months not being at the football. Um, the amount of kind of Saturdays or Sundays that you spent sitting at home watching on a stream that was a minute behind the the Twitter account, so you knew exactly what was happening. 
Like, it's great to be back at the games. I think everybody that's had the chance to be back at Paradise has enjoyed um, actually just being there. The other kind of positive I've taken from it is the fact that I think that we're more tactically astute this season. Um, I know some people say, well, we've not really got the, the, the wins away from, from home and stuff like that. I, I can see the tactics that we're looking to to play there and I think we just need to get the, the players in to do so. And it's one of these things is Celtic fans are quite rightly demanding instant success because they've had it for the last nine years out of ten. And I I buy that as well. But I think if you start putting a product out on the park and you start getting results like um, Aberdeen away instead of going to Pataudry, instead of going to Tynecastle and losing, instead of going to Ibrox and losing, then more people will buy into the fact that he does need the time. So it'd be good to see us going on. And I think the commentator earlier mentioned getting sort of, what was it, 17 points out of 21. Mm-hmm. If you even get 17, 18, 19, whatever it is, as long as you get a good positive October, I think some of those sort of negative vibes that were kicking around over the first couple of months, they could, they'd start to ease away and people would start to buy into this um, idea that Ange does need the time to turn it around because they can see where he wants to take the team to. And I, I do think it will be a couple of windows. The biggest problem that Ange faces this year isn't his own problem. It's the fact that the winners of the Scottish League basically have the, the kind of £40 million revenue from the Champions League next season. But there is still the possibility that Celtic can get that even if they finish second. They'll have to go through the qualifiers. But if you take a look at some of the teams that qualified this season, it's not impossible to do so. So if you can actually get to a point where you've got a team that's working together. In January, you strengthen it even more. And we actually strengthen in January for a change and stop just buying project players in January. Bring the players in that we need right there and then so that when the summer comes, we've got the players ready to hit the ground running. It's not impossible that both Scottish teams could end up in the group stages of the Champions League next season. That's not impossible, eh? And it's... The way I'm looking at it, I always talk about this mythical 90 points. You should aim for 90 points, and if you get 90 points, the chances are you're going to win the league. Over the case, over the the first eight games of this season, I I reckon that we we could see the lowest points total to win a league for a number of years this season. And if we can stay in touch by January and have a good January window. I've just actually came on here after doing an interview with Anfield Rat and they asked me, do you think Celtic will strengthen in January? And I says, it's not a case of thinking. I says, they need to strengthen in January mm. because that is that is so clearly needed. Again, I think we're going to have a look at a low point, a lo- one of the lowest point, points total for, a, for, the, for the last couple of years to win this league. And if we're still in touch by the time we get to January, get to the New Year's game, maybe get a victory in the New Year's game, then I think let's measure us uh, in the running uh, towards the end of the season. For me, there has been... uh, Brian mentioned a few negatives. One of my my positives, Adam Montgomery, I'd already already said that earlier. One of my negatives has been the treatment of Ange, and and you you touched on it, uh, Brian, as well. I don't think he's fully backed. Uh, the fact that he hasn't got his own backroom staff, I think you're actually seeing that he was a panic, uh, like he was a panic appointment, and uh, uh, that's no, that's no disrespect to the guy. 
It's just the circumstances that he's came in. That, that's that's the circumstances that have came in. I do I do feel that a lot of the fans haven't bought in, bought into it yet, and that that's a results business. And the fans will only start backing into it if the if the results improve and we start moving moving up the league. I said at the start of the season, I wasn't I, I, I wasn't bothered what he had done in Japan and Australia. I was going to measure him as a Celtic manager because that's all I can measure him as. And I must admit, I like his entertaining football when it works. Uh, I like the attacking mentality that he's actually got. But the, on the negative side, his team still needs to develop a winning mentality and I don't think they've got that there yet. The next tranche of games will probably prove if we get that winning mentality out of the squad. We're still at early days. I want to see him with a full deck of cards. I don't think he's actually got had a full deck of cards yet, but nothing's changed my view that he needs time. My main worry is that he won't get that time uh, just because of the whole circumstances we find ourselves in with people going utterly radio rental that there's a 40 million prize pot at the end of the season. That that's my, that's my negative. I want him to be successful, but I will understand if he doesn't get it because the board are very short-sighted. And they don't see they'll they'll see that forty million at the end of the season as the be all and end all. Um, Colin, what, what's what are you looking forward to going forward? Just actually seeing the players coming together and some of the systems working, um, and we've seen some of the good points of the, the Celtic players so far. I want to see more out of uh, David Turnbull. I want to see more out of Leela Bada, who I think is a, a great young player. Uh, Jota, what else? What can he do if he starts getting that one goal from twenty yards out? Can he score another couple? Can he? Can you get the the players that get the fans off their seats and drag them into Celtic Park? That's what we've been missing from a Celtic team for a number of years now. Uh, is players that you actually want to go and play? You want to go and watch them play football? Um, and I think we saw it the first couple of games in the league. We've seen some glimpses of it in Europe. But just playing that Celtic style that we've been promised for years and years, and actually getting to that level, uh, this is a this is one of these teams that we're going to look back at in a number of years, and we're going to say they were one of the most exciting Celtic teams to watch, regardless of where they finished the season. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm going to answer this before I come to you, Brian Curry Muncher. Based on what Kev Rangers are one point short of last season result, not your best comment. I'm basing that comment on I can see Rangers having as freaky a season as I had last season. Brian, what are you looking forward to for now to Christmas? I think, yeah, just trying to get back to consistency, just seeing the, the, the sort of Ange ball in full flow again, the, you've seen, again, it's called bloody two, you've seen flashes of it, and when it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's it, it, it can be difficult, but I think just a bit more consistency, getting you know, the chance to to used to it and you know I think that I think Andrew made a, thing, a comment the other day about the press being condescending and I think I think he's right so many people have been saying oh he has to win he's been naive does he realise what being Celtic means he has to win games the guy's no stupid he needs that and I know it can be frustrating for fans that, that want instant success and to be honest deserve instant success because of the way they're back to the club but I would just like his own he sort of you know you don't need to be stubborn in your opinion. You know, criticise them when it's due, but praise them when it's when it's due as well. And, and sort of realise that 
we're all pulling in one direction, Angie included. So I hope that there's a bit more unity and we can start to enjoy things. And, and I suppose that's based on results. But, but I'm confident and, I, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens in January. Brilliant. It's been, this has been the Wednesday Club. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for commenting, everybody for watching, and everybody just be kind to yourself, be kind to others, others and stay safe. Thanks very much for listening. Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.